morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, Brand Nudnik, Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Gosh, that's... I don't like that I that that's good. Hey folks, thanks so much for tuning in uh, to this incredibly special weed episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. Uh, where, however you are watching this, however you are listening to it, be sure to like and follow and hit the bell if it's on YouTube so you get notifications and turn your phone on silent. Well, I'm going to turn my phone on silent. Uh, and also, um, uh, what else? Uh, comment and share and do all the things because we want to make sure that no one misses out on this. Big Tech wants you to not get us multiple times a week and that's terrible so don't do that be sure to help us uh grow because when we grow you grow you think about it can everybody hear so be sure to share say something well okay that's a good point so uh right before this show started super fan uh super fan sarah andere what are you about to tell us what's that like what's she? What did she do? She didn't do anything. She the, her her sons came in to uh, oh. say goodnight, and they were like, "Good night, Matt. Hope you have a great show. You know, I hope it's wonderful. Hope it's fantastic." Which was really sweet. And then on the way out, the oldest one goes, "I hope you don't fail at your show." <laughs> I hope that too. And I was like. Well, Wow. A legitimate concern if there ever was one. Right. I was like, the, the, the Jew is strong in him. I hope you don't fail is a very Jewish. Here's all of this really great stuff, but don't fail. Don't fail. So, folks, don't let us fail. Don't let Matt fail. Be sure to share and like and comment and subscribe and hit the bell and do all the things. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. First and foremost, I would like to thank the wonderful people at SiestaCava.com. SiestaCava.com for the cava that I'm drinking on pretty much every episode of the show. We right have now. a graphic for that. We have a good keep saying things about it. There we are. SiestaCava.com. Finest purely made organic kava on the market yum oh god um I, I allow me to thank i'll be right back again i forgot my water allow me to thank my uh people that i get beverages from that i do the thing for uh this blue, blue purified water that is made out of more oxygen than water is supposed to be apparently we had a whole thing about that or or else i don't understand chemistry but it's Anyway, thank you so much. Bula Vinaka. Bula Vinaka. So the, uh, this episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing liberty rela- or waffle-related caucus in any political party in any country at any time or point in history. Uh, become a member today by going to the Facebook group Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus uh, and to become an official duly seated voting member, whatever the hell that means, of the Waffle House Caucus. Be sure to go to muddywatersmedia.com slash store to buy things that has this logo on it. And Noah, we didn't get anyone's permission to put, make this at all. Completely unauthorized. 
The most libertarian thing you've ever seen. This episode is also, of course, brought to you by the Gravy King. And this episode is brought to you by Nug of Knowledge, smokable CBD weed. Um, Nug of Knowledge is not like your average CBD supplier because they sell weed on the internet. Not only that, but they help end the war on drugs every time you buy it because you're buying weed on the internet. Uh, they also have a, uh, a compassionate use program where veterans and people with uh, disabilities and other hardships that make it unable for them to be able to afford this weed on their own do get some of this weed. Uh, many people who use this weed say that it helps them uh, with a quick pick-me-up or uh, ear, uh, joint pain and all sorts of stuff that is made better when you smoke weed that you buy on the internet. So if you'd like to buy weed on the internet, go to nugofknowledge.com to buy weed on the internet. Be sure to use checkout code SPIKE to get 10% off that weed on the internet. And on 420, they got a special where they don't have a special, but it's 420. So, you know, buy some weed on the internet. This episode is also brought to you by Joe Soloski, who's running for Pennsylvania governor as a libertarian. Joe Soloski is the key to Pennsylvania's success, and if you want to help him in his uh, run for office, go to Joe Soloski, J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I dot com. He is also a fantastic person and a great friend of the show. And this episode is brought to you by the most appropriately named product that we've ever pimped on this show mud water coffee alternative which does not actually taste terrible it's not it's not yummy but neither is coffee and this is what that's replacing if you were waking up today and thought man this coffee nope that's bad news man i don't want to drink anymore i want to drink something that has masala chai cacao mushrooms turmeric sea salt cinnamon and literally nothing else in it well friends i have some fantastic news for you if you go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud you can purchase this stuff here that this man is holding in his hand uh it is called mud water it is not bad and it also has some caffeine but not a lot so you don't feel weird after you drink it matt Oh, this episode, this episode is, <laughs> oops, this episode also is brought to you by what it, this, by this, Matt. Yes, the Royal Green. What is it? Is it weed? No. It's a book? Is it any Is it good? any good? You should buy it and tell us. From self-acclaimed author Jack Casey, who says his hair flows libertarian gold, whatever the hell that means, this is the story of a young man and a woman questioning their world and trying to find their own independence in a kingdom that is extremely divided and on the brink of civil war. Sound weirdly familiar? We think so, too. The story well, Matt, this story sounds like it's rich with themes of liberty, rebellion, and a deep, dark, deep soul quest for meaning and purpose in the face of abuse of authority by those in power. Yeah, and there are also Matt? swords and magic. Wow. The Royal Green and its sequel in Silver Throned... Because that is a way to say that in Silver Throned are both available at theroyalgreen.com or else you can order them directly from Amazon in ebook or paperback edition. Is there a third third book book called Crowned of Gold that comes out this summer? There is, in fact, a third book called Crowned Crowned by Gold that comes out this summer. Different so than what if you I like said. Supporting fellow libertarian authors and want to read libertarian themed dark sci fi fantasy novels with some romance, you know what to do. I certainly do know what to do. I'm going to go to the Royal Green dot www dot the Royal Green dot com and purchase both the Royal Green 
in Silver Throned and then at some point in the future crowned by gold. Matt? Me too. And of course, this episode is brought to you by personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. If you are personally injured in Florida, uh, I have some fantastic news from you. You might become rich. I mean, it depends depends on how bad the injury was. If it was really bad, then it's going to rain when you contact Matt, or not Matt, Chris Reynolds, by going to chrisreynoldslaw.com. He's going to contact gonna, me. I'll put you in touch with Chris. I mean, you can contact Matt. He's just going to tell you to contact Chris Reynolds. And uh, when you wake up from whatever they did to you, uh, he's going to be standing over you with his beautiful smiling face. And he might already have some money, depending on how bad it was, because they may have sued while you were comatose. And you wake up to money. So that's good. By the way, there's no guarantee of any of that. But I think there's a it could happen. ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. It could happen. So, Matt, today is a very special day for two reasons. Number one, a murderer got justice, uh, or it looks like he will be, and we'll be talking about that later. But also, it's Weed Day! That's right, April 20th. Not only is it Weed Day, but it is also Muhammad Shaker's birthday today. Is it Muhammad Shaker's birthday today? It is Muhammad Shaker's birthday today. The original co-host of this show. It is. His I'm going to text him today. now before so, I forget. So a very happy birthday to Muhammad Shaker on this, the day of his birth. Yeah, happy birthday, man. We love you. Uh, I didn't know. I'm so consumed with it being weed day. Also, whenever anyone says today's their birthday, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because it's weed. But no, but it actually is his birthday. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so it is weed day. Now, we are both uh, recovering drug addicts, uh, so we're not going to be smoking any weed. But we're going to do the next best thing that any two uh, sober people can do. And we can bring you someone who personifies the weed and the smoking of it, Matt. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the 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 absolute legend himself is joining us today. I hope that everybody out there in the muddied verse left out their weed, milk, and cookies for him last night, so that way he would deliver the free ponies. Please welcome the one, my, the only, Mr. Vermin. Yeah, Spike's running the, mate. Uh, yeah, original. the one, the only, my former running mate. One of my here he is. Are you still muted? Yes. <laughs> totally. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Am I Vermin? Yeah, I think I might have yes. to mute myself. All righty, ponies. Are you ready? How about you, pony? Are, are you ready? Okay. And how about you, pony? Are you also ready? I thought you might be. All righty, ponies. Let's go. Giddy up, ponies. Hoom, 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 hoom. Faster, 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 faster. Hoom, hoom. Ponies. Now kiss. Oh, no, 
nice ponies. I like ponies. I hope you like ponies too. Um, excuse me, ponies. I need to get in here to do the big show I'm doing here with the muddy waters. Hello, could you back off a little bit, please? Thank you, ponies. Hi! Hi, Matt! Hi, Spike! It's me, Vermin Supreme, from the Internet! Hey! Happy 420! Happy 420! also not brought to you by Trader Joe's Aleppo Sauce. <laughs> Actual product. Thank you. Is that real? Oh, my God. it. That is that is super real. That is a super real item from uh, Trader Joe's. Do not you, you can't make that up. I have to I have to buy this now. And uh, I am definitely sh- going to. And the show <laughs> and is glitter. also not brought, brought to you today by glitter. 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 Yes. Glitter. Shiny, shiny glitter. And I think we all know that today's show is really brought to us by... By weed! 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 By, like, a lot of weed. A lot of weed, man. I, I, got, I got to grow that in my backyard because it's legal in Massachusetts. Weed! Oh, is that homegrown? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> No, it's, it's really nice. And, uh, of course, Let's I went honest. to... You weren't waiting for it to become legal to grow it in your backyard, though. Well, that that's true. <laughs> Let's see. There we go. See? There's the weed in my belly. And this... Yeah, so it's you know you've reached a level of, of, uh, of celebrity when people make bowl, bowls and bongs and other paraphernalia of you. Yes, it's uh, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. I, I've I've hit that level of of meminess for sure. I've yeah. been reproduced in many many mediums. It's it's very very true. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing. I, no, I mean, that's I mean, amazing. Books for goodness' sake. No, I know you're you're into. I, I remember. You know the 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 funny thing. So I even now you know when I go around to conventions and things like that, and people will be like, "Oh, come on, what was the story about Vermin?" And I'm like, "Guys, I would go somewhere with Vermin. He would show up. He would do his pony thing. He would talk about you know going back in time and killing baby Hitler and zombie power and all this. And we'd have law. We'd have professors of political science come up and ask to speak, have us speak at to their students. Like you know, you are you've reached a level of of mainstream. Uh, exposure that a lot of other libertarians have not. Yes, for, from iconoclast to icon, it's been a terrible ride. To icon that lasts, huh? Yes, to an icon that definitely lasts. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's nice. I, I'm, I'm enjoying my off season because you know, uh, hell, once uh, you know the whole presidential cycle is over, I get to take a little bit of a break, a little bit of a yeah. breather. So it's that's really nice. I gotta say, <laughs> breathers are nice when when you have them. Of course. Uh, so what, once again, of course, let, let's let's keep in mind that 420 is a made up holiday. Um, it's oh, it's not a real holiday. Um, it, it, it's it's fake. It, it, Hallmark made it up. Big Weed made it up to, to you know to sell more weed and stuff. Um, <laughs> whereas four four nineteen four nineteen is a much more 
real holiday, if you will. I mean, it it's a, it's a celebrates a historical uh, date in time, and uh, it is the date that uh, Albert Hoffman, uh, scientist, uh, accidentally discovered and uh, ingested LSD, um, uh, ushering in a whole new uh, realm of uh, psychic exploration and. Uh, Looking at things very differently because, but I don't, I don't know if you knew this about me, but when I was a young person, I did a lot of acid. No, you're kidding. I, did, I no. liked the acid. I, I enjoyed the psychedelic exploration. I liked the swirling, moving colors. I, I, I liked tripping, man, for sure. Now I like my weed, but you know I really like my. I ate the stuff like candy when I was a kid. I got to tell you, but of course, ultimately, um, you know, it made me the the person that I am today. I believe that uh, because it allowed me to have a much greater understanding of uh, one's relationship with the outside world and, and the, the reality versus unreality and, and, and sort of flowing through dimensional, the very permeable dimensions and and, uh, and uh, being able to screw with reality. You know, it allowed me to know how to screw with reality and play against reality and um, have a whole lot of fun while doing so. Thank you, drugs. Well, and it showed you. I mean, it, it also showed you that the people who aren't wearing boots are the real weirdos. Now, as you mentioned, you know, in the scriptures, it does say that 420 more than likely actually fell during the fall. But the the reality is that, you know, do, do you know, like, where I don't know if I ever knew that. What is where did 420? How did that even have anything to do with weed? Or do you even know? I, I believe it's just some random numbers that uh, some numerologists um, came up with. Uh, you know, they said it was you know some sort of code or something, some sort of secret cop code or something uh, is the one that I heard. Yeah, I uh, heard it was like an L.A. police code for. Yeah, police. but uh, I didn't know. I, I what, what I I guess we I, do. I look. What do I look like? Google. I'm, I'm not. I, I mean, I, I I guess I could have prepped for the show a little bit. I, I guess I could be. <laughs> Hold on, Spike. That's a very good question, and I'm glad you asked because uh, I'm going to go look it up now. Is indeed uh, truly one of my passions. Uh, let's see, 420 uh, meaning uh, we're from. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's got to be a Wikipedia page here somewhere, right? Uh, uh, meaning, um, let's see, uh, it's a cannabis culture slang for marijuana and hashish consumption, especially well, yeah. smoking around the time. Tw- uh, yeah, okay, but w- where from? Um, what does it? Mean? What does it mean? Meaning etymology. Hold Here, on, I'm, I'm going to search too for 420 etymology. That's a oh, fancy there you word go. The real origin. No, I'm looking up the real origin. Um, I, I I suspect people just made it up and it became a thing. You know. It says apparently coined as a code word by high school students in San Rafael, California, in 1971, that's, with okay, reference to 4:20 p.m. Yep. when they decided okay. to drink, to smoke so, weed. We 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 debunked the fuck out of that one, didn't we? <laughs> Take that, big weed. Um, so, what is you know you've clearly gone around and presented ideas in a way that I don't think anyone else has. But let me ask you that: Who would you say are like the main people when you first started doing all this? Were there people you would point to and say? I want to emulate somewhat what they're doing, or did you just go into this like I'm tripping balls and I'm going to do whatever I want? And oh, 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 oh. 
Uh, of course, you know, I was inspired by, you know, all the various comics. Uh, Pat Paulson was uh, was an inspirational political figure um, who appeared on the Smothers Brothers and, and ran a, a, yeah. a quasi serious presidential um, run. But you know, the yippies, I'd, I'd say the yippies uh, for sure. Uh, the yippies were masters of uh, guerrilla marketing and, and uh, screwing with reality and, and altering reality with, with just a few simple elements. You know what they did at the uh, uh New York Stock Exchange, where they just threw out uh, several hundred one-dollar bills and let them rain down upon the uh, uh, stock uh, brokers down below and, and create a near riot as they, as they all scrambled for, for the money. Um, you know, just their ability to uh, mock um, authority by their their very being. You know, the during the various trials and the, the House on American Committee uh, activities when they're called up and Jerry Rubin would show up dressed like the Viet Kong with a little plastic rifle and you know and of course Abby Hoffman famously uh, was arrested for making a, a shirt out of the American flag because that was yep. uh, completely illegal illegal at the time and enforced as such um, uh, you know they just had way too much fun you know claiming to uh, levitate the Pentagon and in creating such a response to the by the authorities to prevent them from levitating the Pentagon um, you know things of that nature you know you're just throwing out the idea that they were gonna uh, dose the uh, water supply of Chicago during the conventions with LSD which is physically impossible it's not a real thing but it, it required like you know all sorts of a security theater to to prevent it from happening um, you know when, when they you know they scared the shit out of the cops when they, when they claimed that they were making uh, a product that mixed uh, LSD with DMSO and they were calling it uh, lace and, uh, and and they made a demonstration of it. Okay, so they had these squirt guns, and they squirted on these hippies, and these hippies just started like fornicating, and so that was their their <laughs> concept. And it uh, scared scared the coppers. Um, you know, when they they ran, uh, uh, you know, Pegasus. They brought an actual pig uh, to Chicago to the convention in '68, and uh, proceeded to nominate it as their presidential candidate. And, uh, you know, helped uh, it created the riots. I mean, the police confiscated their candidate. The police had, were put in a possession. They stole the pig. They stole the pig. There, there's amazing photographs of the, the cops, like, stealing their pig. Um, yeah. So, so ultimately, um, you know, just uh, they were masters at, uh, you know, these po- political uh, political stunts. Uh, they coined the, the phrase guerrilla theater. And uh, they've definitely been, uh, you know, major inspiration. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you saw that that that, that their movie about them there, perhaps. I have not. I, I've heard of the Yippies from you, but I've never heard of the movie. Oh, uh, the, the Trial of the Chicago Seven. So good. That movie is so good. Yeah. Oh, it's on. It's on Netflix. Um, what's his name? Aaron Sorkin wrote it. Yes, it's a, it's an Oscar contender. It is. Oh. I will. This is when my lack of knowledge about movies contrasts very clearly with Matt's total knowledge of all movies. Borat is nominated for best supporting actor for that movie. It's a, it's on Netflix. It is even, even. I'll have to check it's it fantastic. out. Fantastic! It is so good. I've seen it like three times. 
So this is this is weed day as Vermin is demonstrating right now. Uh, or big or big uh, big weed would have you believe that today's weed day. So I mean, at this point, we've marketed it, so we'll have to go along with it. Vermin, what I'm just like. I'm trying to picture a point in your life where you weren't smoking weed. Have you ever, like, in your... Have you ever not... Except, I mean, maybe as a child, when not I, smoked weed or... When, I'm out, when I run out of it sometimes... I used to run out of it sometimes before I could grow it and stuff. Um, so, yeah. Uh-oh. But, yeah, so those I, I, times, I've been yeah. smoking... I guess I 16 years old is probably when I smoked my first weed. <laughs> wow, I started smoking weed younger than you. I now have something on you. And I feel so powerful. Um, so let me ask you this. So I've been, I've, I haven't smoked weed in like 15 years now. Um, and I now, because of, the, you know, what's going on with, you know, the Libertarian Party and everything, I'm now offered weed almost every day. Are you like, because of your celebrity status and everything, are you like routinely offered to smoke out? Like, are you constantly getting can, thrown can weed we, at can you? We, can we talk about Joe Jorgensen's edible habits? I don't know how the woman functions. I mean, every time I see her, she's eating more edibles. Um, you know, I, I, I was amazed that she could, like, debate and give those speeches all fucked up on those edibles. It was really incredible. Um, I, I think that's how the heroin rumor started, actually, uh, that because she would be nodding off sometimes because she'd be so, uh, you know, sedated from all the edibles that she'd be eating. And it was like, Joe, Joe are you okay? Are, are you all right? And... Um, do you remember that time we were we were on uh, Adam Kokesh's bus with with Hornberger, and we were like you know smoking all that weed? Do, do you remember smoke? That dude can smoke a lot of weed. I've heard about it. I've not. I've actually never been on Adam Kokesh's bus. I've been near it. I've never actually been inside of it. Yeah, I've been in the vicinity, but not in. I've been in the vicinity. We've never actually it's gone into it. It's made out I, of weed, I think. I, I believe it. If it wasn't, if it didn't start that way, it has been molecular, molecularly replaced with weed over time from the oh, inside yeah. out. When, so. when, when times are tough, if they're like a little dry, they, they scrape the resin off the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, Justico Mistral asks yeah. if bats are attracted to edibles. That might actually be, that would explain things. <laughs> That would explain hey, uh, 419, it. Four nineteen. Uh, Four nineteen is also. Uh, it was Bicycle Day, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also um, my own kidney donation day. Um, oh, that's in right. Two thousand and six. I, I I celebrate that fact yearly, um, and that was uh, also on April nineteenth. And uh, that was in two thousand and six when I donated a kidney to my mother because I was not going to be that guy at her funeral saying, "If only there was." Some Something we could have done because I realized um, that that was uh, what I could do and what, what I needed to do. And so I I now use my uh, position of m- having moral superiority to try and guilt trip people into thinking that they should give up one of their kidneys um, this year, this uh, time of year. And of course, everybody, <laughs> I mean, most of- people have two kidneys, two kidneys, and you can yeah. get along with fine with just one. Just the uh, one. 15 years I've been running on one. Um, they say after the first year, um, you are up to 90% of your initial uh, two kidney capacity. And it doesn't preclude you from uh, uh, doing any 
anything that you might normally do. So I would highly recommend it. Um, you Maybe you know someone who's in need of a kidney. Um, I know half a dozen people just on my Facebook list of people who are actively uh, jonesing for kidneys at this point. And, um, you know, so it's something that we could all consider doing is uh, giving up a kidney. Uh, it's, it was 419, got a kidney. That was, uh, yes. So April 19th is Vermin Supreme recommends you give up a kidney day? Yes. Uh, If you remember, that was actually part of uh, uh, the original uh, Vermin Supreme video at the uh, Lesser Known Candidate debate, the the one that made me viral and famous. And I stood up and lifted up my shirt and and presented my kidney scars uh, to the world. And actually, it was my my first nip slip, um, in in fact. Yeah. So when Um, people are that photo of this where people think you're trying to show your nipple, you're actually showing where. Yeah. You're actually showing where you gave where you gave up your kidney. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I didn't and know I, that. I didn't when I first saw that photo because I was doing a lot of the graphics at the time when we were doing the Vermin Spike campaign last year. And I'm like, why did Vermin just do the what was that like a, a like a nip slip thing? And they were like, no, he was showing off that he was showing where he had given that the scar from when he donated his kidney. I'm like, oh well, that's uh, yes, my, that makes my, it much more wholesome in, in the audience. Uh, it was it was really nice. Uh, I oh, was cool. asking her to you know please stand up, mother, and, and she didn't. Uh, she was afraid she'd pee herself apparently, but. Um, um, but it was, it was really good. So I don't know. She got 10 years out of it. OK, it, it, it allowed her to live a lot longer than she would have. It allowed uh, all sorts of things to happen to her. She suffered through a, a, a bout of E. coli poisoning. Uh, she broke her neck. She had a heart attack. Um, and eventually uh, the, the vascular dementia, which took, which took her. But nonetheless, it was worth every minute of it and, and caring of for her uh, towards the end and do, and all that entailed. So, yeah. Take care of your family, kids, and uh, take care of total strangers, too. Um, of course, uh, you know, also, well, what, Vermin, what, what have you been doing since that whole, you know, election year thing has been? You know, it's, like, been over for, like, about a year now and stuff. I've been hiding Almost, it yeah. because of the fucking COVID. But I got vaccinated. I got vaccinated yesterday. So that was um, another 419 thing. A little, little bit of rhyme to that. So that is uh, pretty reasonable. But of so course, it, was uh, also, that your so was that your second shot, or was it the Johnson and uh, Johnson one? Where this was my, my uh, this was my first Pfizer. First. Oh, okay, Pfizer. so you still have one more to go after that. Uh, yes, I do. In, in three weeks, and uh, look forward to um, you know feeling comfortable in, in crowds and stuff. Um, I mean, I, I know many, many people are you, Spike. I mean, I, I think you're immune to that shit. I mean, going to all those conventions, those fe- those fucking people are disease bags. Come on. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I was going around the whole country and then even still and I get tested regularly and it keeps coming back negative. So either I'm just I figured out the perfect safety protocol or I'm you know, I'm I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe you have the cure. Maybe, maybe the cure is inside your brain. We just have to get it out. Blood. The cure is having MS. Out. If you have MS, it offsets the COVID offsets when it tries to come in. It's like, no, sorry, this guy already has MS enough already. And then and then it leaves me alone or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. what it's So, Vermin, before we let you go, thank you so much. And we're going to be joining you over on Post Political when uh, when we're done wrapping up this show. Let, let, let me shill a little bit for the Institute. Let me. Shill yeah, yeah, yeah. A please bit. do. Please do. Can I can I shill about the or or we're going to lead into that. If you're going to lead no, no, into no. that, no, no, no. I was actually going to ask you to shill for VSI. 
Okay. Hey, can you breathe underwater with that water there? The oxygen water? Can you pour that right into your lungs? I mean, what's... <laughs> I have not tried that yet. I will try like breathing in while drinking it and see what happens. Okay. That's, that's yeah. It, it's like Aquaman or something. Yeah. Um, anyway. Oh, okay. So anyway, I mean, after that whole campaign, remember that campaign last year? What crazy. I mean, before the one that you got on, before that side trip with fucking <laughs> Joe Jorgensen, the, 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 the edible queen or whatever. Um, edible queen Joe Jorgensen, yeah. Yeah. Um, when me and you were together and stuff, when, when we I were remember. partners and stuff, remember yeah. that? Yeah, uh-huh. that, good times. That was some good times, man. That was very um, good times, yeah. That was, yeah, that was super, super fun. So um, anyway, I, you know, after, after the convention, it was like, well, now what? <laughs> I mean, jeez, I, I lost. I, I, I felt like a loser, man. I mean, God, I mean, and but but then I realized that I, I still had like th- this whole campaign apparatus that was set up. And like all these amazing people who were like working uh, towards that goal and towards that end, and but th- they were all, a lot of them were also working towards something bigger and, and and more meta, which was essentially the the messaging of mutual aid, which was a, a cornerstone of, of my campaign, uh, the the mm-hmm. uh, helping each other, help ourselves, uh, and all that, and using the humor and and you know all the messaging, the, the things that attracted you to the campaign, Spike, of course, yeah, yep. and um, and. So so we, we realized that um, the the form uh, of the of the campaign uh, staff w- was the chrysalis, and we metamorphosized into this beautiful butterfly that is the Vermin Supreme Institute. And uh, essentially, all we had to do was like put the word "institute" on the end of my name, and it became a, a thing, an actual thing, and uh, we became a, a eight oh four uh co three four five or whatever you know, five, one of yeah. those things. political we're a political organization all right and um but that allows us to to play uh you know essentially we, we, we exist in uh you know three three essentially primary parts mm-hmm. um we have the uh, the educational division yeah we have the um public works division uh, which is more uh, does the uh, direct action, the direct mutual aid uh, projects, and we've been involved in uh, several uh, wonderful projects, distributing over a uh, hundred coats to uh, folks without coats uh, on living in a ri- near a river in Reno. Uh, we've helped uh, raise funds to uh, distribute backpacks for the homeless in Dallas and uh, and like that. And then um, we have the uh, political uh, side, the the political uh, leg of the stool. If it was a three legged stool i guess that would be that and um that is a, another amazing thing where we are able to uh offer resources to various candidates uh in various races uh, that, that are simpatico uh with our messaging structure and uh, of course uh full disclosure uh spike you you're you are involved with the yes the I, I am uh, on the board of the vermin supreme institute and uh we are as you said we are instituting very heavily 
um, and uh, and doing good things. But yeah, no, VSI is doing great stuff, uh, teaching people the basics of mutual aid, uh, also getting involved with teaching people about the importance of uh, of uh, safe forms, safer uh, protection and safety during protesting, uh, uh, effective forms of direct action, uh, effective forms of mutual aid, uh, also setting up a network of mutual aid groups to, to let people know where they can uh, be involved with or receive help from mutual aid groups in their area, uh, getting involved directly in the mutual aid and supporting candidates and, and other groups that want to be a part of what we're doing uh, in spreading that message of basically peace, love and, and anarchy. And uh, it's a fantastic thing that we're doing. Um, it is a, a really great 801 C46. <laughs> I mean, we, 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 could, we could take your money. We could, you can give us money and we don't have to disclose you giving us money, but you can't write it off on your taxes. I guess that's that's the main difference between your five. I mean, you can, you can, but don't, but don't get caught. Well, yeah, yeah, right. don't just don't sure. probably don't. You really, you can do anything, but don't do that. But of course, uh, uh, Vermin Supreme. Uh, that's Vermin Supreme Institute dot com. Uh, check com. out Vermin Supreme Institute dot com. The the is implied. The the is not part of the name. It is. I know. Yes, it's the Vermin Supreme Institute, but it's not. It, it's it is just Vermin Supreme Institute. The the is. Uh, it's a soft the. Ver- VerminSupreme.com, of course, is uh, the celebrity style personality page. And uh, that is where the gift shop is, where you can find exciting uh, glassware like this coming up soon. Uh, Vermin Supreme glass pipes. And I will tell you that there is, I saw, I have a, I wish I could share the photo with you right now. It is a Vermin Supreme butt plug. The artist of this pipe has also made a Vermin Supreme uh, butt plug. And uh, he's promising a Vermin Supreme dildo in the very near future. Uh, so if you, or your loved one enjoy uh, glass insertion into your orifices um, we have the perfect gift for you um, and of course if you just want to smoke weed out of my belly or the new uh, yeah. butt pipe uh, anyway um, so, so there is that uh, uh, of course there is also uh, iPony blueprint for a new America of course uh, this is the book that you've all been wanting to read um, it is a book about the future long after a vermin supreme presidency after every Everybody has their ponies after zombie power fuels the nation after the secret dental police have set up checkpoints every couple hundred feet. It is a warning from the people of the future to you, the people of their past, your present, that Vermin Supreme is a madman and must be stopped. Um, so, So there's that. Yeah, no, that book is that book made me second guess why I was helping platform you when you gave it to me. I read it and I said, (laughs) this is terrible. We have to stop this man. So, Vermin, hey, man, I love you. We're going to be talking soon on, on post-political, uh, but you are uh, absolutely my heart, and I love you very much, and thank you so much for coming on, man. One thing, just remember, there are two, 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 two types of people on this planet. Those that love ponies! 
and those that will not survive the transition times. Because the road to Ponotopia will not be easy. No, 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 no. Not all of us are going to make it. There will be hardships. There will be sacrifices. Human sacrifices. But let me assure you this. The road to Ponotopia is going to be paved with the glitter-encrusted skulls of our vanquished enemies. Together, we're going to ride our ponies into a zombie-powered future. And that is why, now, more than ever, you must ask yourself, what are you going to name your pony? And you get that and more if you sign up for a Cameo, cameo.com slash Vermin Supreme. Oh, man, you're on Cameo? The Vermin Supreme Institute. You're Thank on you. Cameo? Thank you, man. You are, oh, so, totally you are monetizing this. I, I have, so I have well. made seven thousand bucks for the Vermin Supreme Institute with Cameo. Fact. That is Cameo.com wow. slash Vermin Supreme. All proceeds go to the Vermin Supreme Institute. Fact. Oh, also, can you please give a shout out to Adam Wiggs? He absolutely loves you and just says he's you're, you're his hero and he loves you. Can you say hi to oh, Adam, thank please? You Adam Wiggs. Thank you, Adam Wiggs. You're very kind. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Vermin, we love you. We we, Vermin, we love you. Thank you so much for, for coming on, and we will see you soon over on Derek's show. Well, thanks, because this is a very rare occurrence. I don't do podcasts, and I definitely don't do political podcasts these days because Ever. I, you know, otherwise I'm just exposing myself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we don't want that. All right, but we'll talk to you soon. Happy 420. Thank All you. All right. Take care. Happy 420, people. Smoke out. Thank Smoke you. if you got them. Peace. Later. We could end it right there. I mean, we could just end the show with that. <laughs> I fucking love Bourbon. Oh, man, I love him so much. Finally, someone talked about Joe Jorgensen's edibles issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, I don't even know. Here, we're just going to... Oh... We'll just we'll all right. We'll just go on to the rest of the show since that's the thing. Because um, that's what we do. Because <laughs> that's what we do when we had a guest and go forward. So that's where it brings us to the black cold brew. God, black cold brewed caffeinated rapid fire segment brought to you by Black Cold Brewed Organic Coffee, the most delicious cold brewed organic coffee to ever be horrifically misspelled. Go to Black Brews, B-L-V-C-K Brews, because the spelling of things don't matter anymore. B-L-V-C-K Brews dot com and use code MW to get free shipping today. That just he's he, he's, he's still, I know he's still on he's still on. <laughs> <laughs> oh we're just gonna hear like crickets chirping in the background I'm fine with it I'm fine with it oh. hey vermin hope you're doing well back there <laughs> so happy 420 to everybody I hope everybody out there is enjoying the holidays I know I am now you know this is. This became my favorite 420 ever. Definitely. Oh, not even close. And we don't even smoke. That's why it's so funny. Um, But I am probably the most high I've been in quite a while, and I have not taken anything. Um, Some comments earlier said you can get a contact high watching vermin smoke weed on the Internet. You can certainly get one 
Yeah, you can certainly get one being near him. I can tell you that. Um, and it took us a couple weeks, and we were like, Becky. Okay, let's take people today. That's Becky. You know, just Hi, Becky. Super- so Hi, we're... Even if it's one person, but I know for a fact that in Columbus, Ohio, 600 people yeah, a no, year that's... get arrested for their possession, and so that's 600 people a year. Yep, yep, no, we're definitely going to hear... Oh, no, that's not Becky. That's Chrissy Wickers. I got to right. figure out... Think about a better car, you know, how much, how much, yeah, so he's now on something else. Impact the lives of 600 people, you know, he's on, that is, he's uh, on someone else's show now, so that's fun. Like that, kind of lose that and trying to meet this. I'm gonna, here we go, there, there, there we go. Okay. Oh man, I love him. (laughs) I was like, were we just on their show? Yeah, no, he is a, he is very much, he is the people's boomer, but he is absolutely a boomer and uh and there are routine reminders of it this is a man i I worked very closely with last year and he is he is my heart and um he is very much a boomer oh i love him so much he makes me so happy that was in uh south carolina that you and i that was in south carolina yep and that I can't even explain to anybody what staying in the same house with Vermin Supreme is like. It's like trying to explain the color purple to a blind man. Like you, you have to do it in order to understand what that experience is like. Yeah, yeah. No, he is. He is. Uh, he is a national treasure. Um, but I'll tell you who is not a national treasure, and that's Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Because if anybody doesn't know out there, Amazon is currently being accused of illegally interfering with a warehouse election in Alabama. (laughs) God. Okay. Retail. The retail, wholesale, and department store union filed objections with federal oh, labor the union officials. Election. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> alleging Amazon illegally interfered with a closely watched union drive at one of its Atlanta or Alabama warehouses. Um, they are filing this after only thirty percent of the warehouse workers voted in favor of unionization, which they were expecting much higher turnouts. So this actually uh, was a very closely watched election. Uh, many people may remember some of the news on it because people thought that it was hilarious that they were requiring voter ID or driver's licenses to vote in Amazon. Who the union was or Amazon? Amazon. <laughs> Amazon, the company that's come out against voter ID, was requiring... Voter ID. Voter ID in the. I mean, don't you need an ID to get to your to the warehouse? Like, do they just let no. you in? No, I'm assuming that Amazon warehouses need their badges. That would seem secure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, the person who is leading the charge in this lawsuit, unfortunately, was unavailable for comment. This is a beautiful photo. Did you make this? I did. This is good. I, I like did. this a lot. No, you did a good job with this. I couldn't the neck as well as I wanted to, but... No, that's beautiful. And what I like is his head is just slightly bigger than it should be. Right. But it's perfect. It's... I, this is... I'm framing that. That is beautiful. So speaking of things that begin with A doing... He's lost a lot of weight. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that well, and that's you know that's what happens. I can tell you after I lost a lot of weight, I had my head looked big for my body um, while we were still while it was still adjusting. So that actually might be accurate there. If he lost that much weight, it seems still kind of a bit big. But I'll tell you. Speaking of things that start with an A that are. Uh, well, anyway, uh, Arizona uh, passed a law prohibiting state and local law enforcement from using public resources to arrest or detain people whose only crime was owning a firearm that was legal a few weeks ago, but not anymore due to Biden's executive order. So this isn't like a, a Second Amendment sanctuary, but it's a Joe Biden's executive order sanctuary. Right. And many states are actually uh, looking to do these sort of laws, um, become either becoming Second Amendment sanctuaries or at least saying, no, the ones on the books are good enough. Whatever you do from here on out, we're not gonna, going to enforce or we're not going to use our state and local money to enforce. Um, now, Montana's legislature has approved a bill that is waiting a signature or veto from the governor, and that may have changed since I looked this article up. Mm. Um, the Arkansas Senate and the Missouri, South Carolina, and West Virginia houses have each passed bills of this manner. In fact, um, Missouri's would completely nullify all federal gun laws. And they're introducing another one that would, uh, I forget what they're calling it, but basically they would nullify any law that doesn't comport with the 10th Amendment. So Missouri is going like hardcore federalist on this, like very, very hardcore, like, you know, not like basically a, a Bill of Rights sanctuary state. Yeah. Um Committees in Texas, Alabama, and New Hampshire have bills that are moving forward in their state legislatures. And similar bills have been introduced in Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, Minnesota, Ohio, Nebraska, Iowa, and Louisiana. 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 Listen, I will say this. If Joe Biden is able to finally successfully be the impetus to get South Carolina to actually be a pro-gun state, then I'm all for it because South Carolina has been dangling that freaking carrot. Best president ever, or at least on that, because South Carolina um, has been dangling that carrot for so freaking long. This deep red state, oh, NRA, blah, blah, blah. But then every time they try to introduce constitutional carry or open carry or permitless carry or anything, here come the police unions, which is like, or the police lobbies, because they don't have a union here, but the police, the fraternal order of police and the police uh, law enforcement groups that come in and go, well, that'll mean more guns and that'll mean we're less safe. Well, that means that you think guns make people less safe, which is a stupid argument. And, but but the but the politicians eat it up and they go, well, I'm a second amendment a, a friendly as the next guy. But you can't have it to get to protect the place from the guns. This schmuck right here. And this. Uh, in fact, this episode is brought to you by Henry McMaster, who is a bitch. And Henry McMaster and, and many others, they, they are absolute garbage when it comes to this issue um and so if 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 the fear of the biden boogeyman gets them to do it for partisan reasons and so be it um that'll be that'll be one good thing that comes out of this speaking of joe biden joe biden is scheduled to give his his first state of the union address next wednesday that he's he's cutting it in right under the 100 day mark i think it's going to be day 98 or 99 Wow. And we will be live streaming that next Wednesday on a special episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. Uh, so that'll be fun. That's right. Um, so both chambers of Congress is going to get together. Um, but 
the House is not in session, so they aren't expecting a full House for Biden. And so the the chamber, the 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 House chamber that it's held in, uh, normally holds about a thousand people. They're expecting roughly about six hundred people to be there. Um, only a limited number of justices. Nobody's allowed to bring any guests. So, like when Trump would bring, you know, his barrage, his his yeah. barrage of people that he was going to mention, um, Biden's not going to be able to do that. Which, in all fairness, is probably for him better. You don't want him getting distracted by some little girl in the in the gallery that is there for some reason with sniffy looking hair um also i mean joe biden at this point can be distracted by you know a fly flying by or something like that i mean we've we've watched the sundowning moments that he has in camera world say and you know when you fight for something that you believe in so strongly and it's such a powerful Well, anyway, like, you know, I, 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 I look when he gets to the, to the well, anyway, we, when you, when your heart's really in something and you got something that you're really thinking about and you really just won't, well, anyway, let's move on. Yeah, that's, that's bad. Now we do have a bit of a snippet, uh, a preview that the, uh, the, the white house released, uh, about what he's going to be talking about during his state of the union address, which we will be showing right now. Powerful stuff there. Powerful, powerful stuff there, Joe. Um, Derek, Matt and Derek said there was no sound. Can't hear. No sound. So. Huh. So to anybody who didn't know what that said, I just want to let you know I can't hear it either because we're on Skype. But uh, that said something along the lines of, I remember back when I was at Walter Reed Hospital and the nurses, they would bring me pillows from home and like flood, put the pillows behind me so I could sit up. And then you couldn't do this in the COVID times, but they would breathe into my breathe into my nostrils to get me going so I would live. And the woman that's asking him questions, it goes, oh, oh, my. Oh my! And because she's yeah, worried. What's that? Because she's worried. But we're gonna need. Um, here, say something now. Okay. There uh, we go. All right. So that's gonna work here. I think now people will be able to hear stuff. Let me try something real quick because I think I fixed it. Um. Nope. Hold on. <laughs> Who would bend down and whisper there in my we ear? Go. There we go. Go home and That's get me it. pillows. They would That's, make sure yes. they'd actually probably yep. nothing ever taught. There we go. All right. Yeah, you're not going to hear it because of the Skype thing, but they can hear it now. All right. So, fantastic news, guys. We made it work. Um, so, here is. Are we ta- so are we doing this as a segment or are we just going to talk about this while we talk to uh, Matt Hicks about the uh, about the show intro? Oh, 
So, yeah, uh, we're going to do Chris Reynolds now. Okay. All right. So, folks, great news. This is now, uh, we are now on to the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment, where uh, if you go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters, you can leave messages for us uh, that we will play during this segment, which is called the thing I just said. And then you'll be able to uh, leave messages for us and we will dutifully answer them during the show. And... So that's what we're doing now. And uh, and then after that, we will be having uh, Matt Hicks, our laser legal legend himself, uh, talk about the Derek Chauvin, uh, uh, Derek Chauvin verdict and all things related to that trial and everything else going on. Uh, And so uh, if someone were in charge of contacting him to let him know that, then that would be great. So So, here's our our call. Oh, yeah, you're playing it. Yeah, I've got to play it. Here's our first call from, uh, I want to make sure that, I think it's this one. Got to make sure that's turned up, from uh, Mr. Sean Sparkman. Hello, Spike and Matt Wright. This is Sean Sparkman from Texas. I keep hearing that we're going to have a giant spike here in Texas now that the Crown has allowed us to return to business. Oh, spike in cases. I'm like... I haven't seen you. Uh, have you gotten any taller? Um, wait oh, you were doing that. If uh, you arrive in Texas. Uh, people of Texas. Uh, people of Texas. So interesting thing, everyone. Uh, I really uh, did not like the use of the name Spike last year or this that has been largely used. So if you look up Spike, that's like the first thing that comes up is the spike in cases. Spike, spike in cases. Spike of COVID, death, spike. Like that association of spike with death. I don't like that. Um, But uh, especially since it's often not true. They'll say, well, you know, because you went and saw your family, there's going to be a spike and then there's not. And they go, oh, well, but if you see them next month, there's going to be a spike and then there isn't. And they go, oh, well, but... There's going to be a spike and there's not or there is a spike, but it's also in an area where there were lockdowns and people didn't see each other. So, yeah. Yeah. Are you going to Texas anytime soon, though? You know, we're trying to get something scheduled for there this year. I I want to get to Texas. That's I uh, I'm honestly surprised we haven't gotten anything scheduled yet. But, yeah, we are working on that. And piece of advice. When you go to Texas. Mm hmm. Do not mention that Alaska is bigger. Oh, do they, they get, get mad about that? They get they they are very upset about that. I don't know why. Like Alaska, like you can fit Texas and Alaska like three times. I do that because I had a shirt that proved it. Um, but now, and, in 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 Texas's defense, all pretty much all of Texas is is relatively easily habitable, as opposed to Alaska, where the vast majority of it is almost uninhabitable so why is that a thing like why are they worried about that i don't know i'm not texan but i have a shirt that says everything's bigger in texas unless you're in alaska and a lot of texans do not like it wow now i kind of have to bring it up i get it like just to see why they're why they're upset that's funny I get it. So here's our next question. 
terrifyingly, from James Ray. Good evening, everyone. This is James M. Ray calling on the Chris Reynolds attorney at law, personal injury attorney, ankle, anchor, anchor, call in moment. I am calling to tell you all that Ricky Dale Harrington, LP superstar, is thanks to our good man, Chairman Stephen DeCalia, going to have a fishing trip here in Florida, and he is going to catch the giant monster tarpon of all our dreams, get a photograph of it, release it, and then catch a bunch of grouper for the table and some snapper, maybe. That's all. Talk to you later. That's great. That's really yeah. good. That's good. We love Ricky Dale Harrington here. Yeah, big fan of Ricky Dale Harrington. And uh, for anybody out there, if you haven't had Grouper, so good. Oh, yeah. Grouper is fantastic. So good. So good. And the best Grouper is found literally in this city. Sure. Yeah, same thing. I, I, I have no reason to argue that. Yeah. or against that. I'm certain other areas of Florida would argue it, but I'm sticking St. Pete, best grouper in the world. Sure. I'll go Here's with that. St. Pete. Here's our next call from our dear friend, Kenneth Ebel. Hey, guys. It's Kenneth Ebel here. It's been a while. How have you guys been? Good. Uh, anyhow, uh, I just got word that Biden wants to crack down on quote-unquote ghost guns. Um, and I'm sure you guys know what those are, but for the viewers, that's just... Um, it's a term for any gun that uh, the ATF can't track, um, which should just be a label for all guns, because if you know anything about the way they track serial numbers, it rarely leads to the original owner. Anyhow, yep. uh, it's just ridiculous to me. The amount of mental gymnastics one's got to go through to assume that criminals are using these and to commit crimes, it's just it's beyond what our president's capable of. I'll say that. Um, uh, you know, I've been around illegal guns. I've I've seen them before. I've I lived in big cities. You know, everyone has. Um, and criminals, they buy them out. Oh, shit, I'm running out of the, out of time. <laughs> <laughs> is that though? But is there a follow up part? There is a follow up part. Okay, I want to go ahead and play that one too. <laughs> Kenneth, I love you, man. <laughs> Okay, uh, to finish what I was saying, I was, I was saying criminals yeah. usually buy them out of the back of the Malibu. Uh, cartels usually have a dedicated guy to um, to go scoop them up and, um, you know, someone with a clean slate goes and scoops them up and then his house randomly gets broken into um, if they don't just buy directly from a wholesaler. Um, anyhow, uh, you know... If ghost guns are used, if people are, and by ghost guns, I mean homemade guns, they'll usually punch a serial number into it just to, um, you know, just to make it look more legitimate. Right, um, right. I, I just want to hear you guys talk about it because this is something that's really frustrating to me. All right, bye. So first of all, that was beautiful. <laughs> Can't oh, stop Oh, gosh. It. Am I being detained? <laughs> Uh, we get five extra seconds together. It sounds Bye. like Kenneth was enjoying the holidays today. Yeah, yeah, that was very much a, a, a high holiday uh, uh, message there. Um, so yeah, I mean, the thing about it, saying we're gonna unregul, we're gonna regulate ghost guns is like saying we're gonna regulate any other 
largely untraceable illegal activity like there there is no such thing um basically what they're going to do is increase penalties on the making of guns that aren't traceable but there you can't say we're going to track down on untraceable stuff well no you're not um the uh, uh one of the proposals i think we talked about it on this show uh was uh correct me if i'm wrong matt uh, i think it was on this show that we talked about the fact that they're going to require every part including lower lower 80 percent uh 80 percent lowers uh to have their own uh, uh serial numbers which you can explain why that's foolish so you're going to have one, you're going to eventually you're just going to need more numbers. Like there's not yep. enough numbers to put serial numbers on all of these things. And then on top of that, you're going to have parts of guns that have serial numbers with other parts of guns that have other serial numbers. And when you collect the the, the, the when you find the full weapon, you're going to be like, wait a minute, all of these serial numbers don't match. So um there aren't enough numbers that is basically i mean it's the federal government and they don't understand that there should be a cap on how much how many numbers there are but they don't understand that because you know 27 trillion um we might be at 28 now i haven't looked in a few days um yeah but they don't seem to understand that eventually you can't have more not like the the entire the the entire lower 80 percent would be a number just numbers numbers <laughs> it's just going to be numbers on top of numbers on, it's going to make things less it's going to make the stuff that was traceable less traceable uh like adam wegg said yeah i mean it's just a brick of aluminum like you know th- <laughs> this is where the absurdity of gun control comes in you're talking an easily built machine it is not and when i say easily obviously you have to know how to do it but if you know how to do it it's easy this is not a nuclear weapon that's being made this is not a a very complex weapon system basic machining tools uh at now at this point a 3d printer you can make this stuff and and as that technology increases the idea i mean eventually it's going to be like yeah i want to make a gun boop 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 and then and then it makes you know it makes you a gun like it, it's it's absurd like it's uh it's it's crazy and it, it just shows this is um this is security theater to make people feel like they're doing something gun control is about to become a thing of the past thanks to 3d manufacturing let's go through some of these uh, sponsored comments joe makes drift thank you for your uh makes drifts thank you for your contribution says also when you're in texan texas you're congrats contractually obligated to have a fiddle in your band if i have a band in texas i will 100 put a fiddle in it no, no problem with that. Um, Judith Reuter, uh, thank you for your contribution. She says, Spike doesn't know yet, but he'll be in Texas in January for our LP's 50th birthday party because he wouldn't want to miss it. That's true. I, I definitely want to be there. Um, and also she said that was that uh, her $5 contribution, Matt, was for uh, towards getting your, your uh, audio less muffled. So we don't need money for that. We need Spike to have one hour of time that matches with my one hour of time. So that way we can try out different platforms as opposed to Skype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to we have to figure that out. We are having. We'll figure it out. It's just a technical thing. But thank you for your money. Um, uh, Adam Wiggs mentions it's, you know, 
a a aluminum uh they're they're actually some companies are selling like just a block of aluminum and they're calling it a zero percent lower <laughs> and it's you know because it's right there you can make it out of it but you have to you have to make it it's just it's just wild uh curtis says come back to kansas i'd be happy to man I, listen i i loved my time in uh in the uh, in the midwestern states in kansas in nebraska in uh in um gosh where else uh, i enjoyed my time in, in missouri iowa like that whole area was i love that vibe there i love it i love it i love it um okay let's go to our next one uh here is our last one from josh hey matt hey spike josh mccose here just want to say happy 420 did you know there's also another weed holiday on 710 write it down and turn it up write down 710 and turn it upside down and tell me what it spells oil Oil. Is that a Oil. weed holiday? I, I don't know. I do not know the answer to that question. Oh, like oil, like dabbing oil. Oh, yeah. Uh... Uh... uh. Okay, next question. Thank you. Oh, Joshua. By, by the way, that was Joshua, right? Yeah, that was Josh McHose. Mc- Joshua McHose has brought me. So when I was in Alaska, he brought me baked Alaskan sockeye salmon that he marinated and baked himself, and I ate the entire thing that night. It was it was huge. It was like a freaking pound of it, and I ate the whole thing. It is it was so delicious. And then he brought me all this smoked salmon, and I've still been eating it, guys. I mentioned briefly to Alaskans that I well, I didn't mention it, but I said it a lot. But I I was brought so much smoked salmon and so much raw salmon. We had to actually fill empty one of my bags just to put salmon in it in a cooler on the way home. I brought home like 40 pounds of, of wild Alaskan sockeye salmon. But also, in addition to that, Joshua brought me... He brought me raw salmon and he brought me smoked salmon too. He brought me some as well. But he actually baked me a salmon and brought it to me warm from the oven. And it was so good. Oh, it was so good. So thank you for that. I am currently looking for the information you asked me for. No problem. Mercedes uh, Damertrowski. Mercedes says, uh, she said, really, all Vermin did was give his mom her kidney back. That's fair. So that's not how you do that. No. No. That is not what how you, you do that. What you do, I just need the, the ID and then I can, well, I that's can not, add him to that's this him. call. Yeah, no. We're going to reject that. I just sent that. the ID. Ah. So I'm gonna that do is him that. calling, not me. Yeah, that's calling. him calling. But yeah. he, yes. So, guys, we're about to have our next guest who is a fantastic human being. He. Oh, do we have more questions? 
No, that was it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys once again for tuning in to this episode of the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney of law, anchor call-in moment. Um, and remember, again, you can go to uh, anchor.fm slash muddied waters to uh, leave messages and to and to make donations. Uh, we do not, you do not need to make a donation to uh, for us to read your message, uh, but we will like you more. Uh, and so uh, without any further ado, or I guess with a slight amount of further ado, uh, we are going to be talking now about the Derek Chauvin case, the the trial and the outcome there. Um, and we're going to be talking with our one of our uh, resident legal analysts. Um, and uh, <laughs> yes, that's really generous of you. <laughs> yes. Resident legal analyst. And so without further ado, here he is, the legal laser legend himself, Mr. Matt Hicks. Matt, how are you doing, man? You know, I'm just uh, hanging out in my feed room, smoking a cigarette and drinking this uh, tall boy of Miller Lite because it's what I do. Yeah, no, we're glad to have you join us. And while you are not, in fact, Jewish, you are a a, a bit of a legal expert. Is that correct? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say expert, aspiring legal expert, aspiring uh, Gentile legal expert. Yes, my wife calls me baby lawyer because I'm not a lawyer yet. Baby lawyer, baby lawyer, do 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 do. So, so you're like, Matt, you're like a lawyer fetus. <laughs> exactly. Maybe even embryonic. I'm not sure. I don't know where I'm at. You're a nearly viable lawyer. Almost taking the full term. (laughs) Well, thank God I'm not subject to Henry McMaster's six-week abortion ban thing. So uh, I'll I'll probably... Yeah, you're out. You're in the clear. You're in the clear. So, okay. So talk to us about about this, what just happened. So Derek Chauvin (laughs) was was found guilty on all counts. And one of the biggest questions I've gotten from folks is uh, even people that were, they were happy that he was found guilty for, for, you know, murdering or manslaughtering or whatever, George Floyd. They were not sure why he got multiple counts of of homicide. Can you, can you break that down? And and I guess just talk in general about this. This, uh, this verdict and how it came about. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to step outside of legal analysis of anything, and I'm going to give just a touch of color commentary. I've had a lot of people wonder about like, like like they've asked about like what's Derek Chauvin thinking when he's watching these these jurors individually confirm that their verdict is guilty on all counts. Yeah, and he kind of had his eyes flashing back and forth, and he looked frankly a little shocked. I personally believe that the reason he was shocked, he absolutely was shocked. And the reason he was shocked is is telling to um, a big part of the problem with policing in America. And it's that aside from legal issues, he truly believes that he did nothing wrong. He doesn't see the moral problem with putting your knee in the neck and back of another human being for almost 10 fucking minutes. And it shocked him that other people see a problem with that. That's why he looked stunned when the guilty verdict came in and every single juror, members of his community, confirmed and said, yeah, you did a bad thing, bro. And he's like, but I didn't do anything wrong. Right. That's kind right. of that's kind of a big issue with me. Um, all of that aside, um, 
What the hell was your question? <laughs> so the so no, and that's that is what happened is that you know he's he's up there going, but I did what I was supposed to do, and 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 you know and we, you know that that's that's we're the thin blue line that protects you, and 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 uh, he's right. also hearing his own. He also it's one of those don't drink your own sauce things. He's got his defense attorneys giving every reason why he didn't do anything wrong. So now and he bought it, and so he's yeah. utterly befuddled. Um, but so one of the questions was. He got multiple homicide convictions, even though he only homicided one person. Why is that? Can you can you break that down a little bit? Yeah. So so each of the different crimes for which he was convicted. um, So 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 a, a, a criminal offense has elements to it. Right. Most of them have two or three, sometimes four elements. And and as a prosecutor, you have to prove all of the different elements, each one individually affirmatively in order for a conviction to be granted. Um, In this case, the three crimes that he was convicted of, statutorily, they all are different crimes uh, by by the elements. It's no different. So so you can do one thing and be convicted of theft, of robbery and of burglary for the same offense, depending on the conditions surrounding it. So so. It's a matter of definitionally that the elements of all of these crimes fit what he did. Okay, so it it wasn't for different homicides. Obviously, it was all the different elements of what he did. Now, I was shocked to, I was I knew that there were the people out there that are like Derek Chauvin did nothing wrong, but I was shocked with the sheer number of people who have a lot of disinformation about this case who were saying <laughs> things like, "Well, George Floyd overdosed and it was proven in court." Now, I'm going to go ahead and say that no, it wasn't because if it had been, the jury would have said he died of an overdose. Can you can you get into that a little bit? The, the, the case being made that he he didn't die from being choked uh, for eight minutes. He died from uh, he, he died from an overdose of, of fentanyl and other drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So so peep this, yo. In, and and I'm, I'm going to put it in big, broad terms just to make it easier for people to understand. In, in 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 law school and legal circles, we talk about the magic bullet sometimes. Right. And we come up with these crazy hypotheticals to make people understand Um, um, how crimes work. Let's just say that I'm walking along uh, in the woods on a hike and I find a guy that was rock climbing and he fell off the fucking rock while he was climbing up, smashed his head three times on the way down. He has a pulse. He's breathing barely. Death, however, is imminent for this guy. I pull out a gun and I shoot him in the face. I still murdered him. Even though death was imminent, he was not going to survive. I still murdered him because I hastened his death. Right. Whether or not George Floyd overdosed on fentanyl, and I'm going to just say right now, he fucking didn't. The opposite of that was proven in court by by autopsies, medical examiners, and forensic forensic yep. pathologists. Yep. yep. So let's just debunk that myth right from go. But in the event that George Floyd did overdose on fentanyl, that doesn't negate the fact that Derek Chauvin choked him to death. It's and still it was, murder. 
And it was, and in fact, the the autopsy said he was killed by asphyxiation. He was not killed by uh, by a drug, or even if they even if they and I don't remember now if they even said that drugs contributed to it. That, like you said, even if he was overdosing and even was going to die from it, the fact that Derek Chauvin stepped in and started choking him out and started you know putting his his knee down on his neck while he couldn't breathe that supersedes all that or, or that creates that. But also, again, they didn't prove that. They proved that those drugs were in his system but yeah. the uh the, the medical testimony was that it was not to the degree necessary to trigger a drug overdose and considering the fact that part of their argument was that he was a regular drug user that would actually lend itself towards it not being an overdose because he was actually taking what he, the amount that he was used to taking let me let, let me just <laughs> this is anecdotal right I'm a pretty regular abuser of controlled substances. And I can attest to this, a, a, an amount of controlled substances that might cause a recreational or non-user significant distress or even death. They don't do that to me. They don't do that to me. Tolerance is a real thing. And then like the other thing that, that, that really pisses me off is people talking about how he died of a heart attack. It's like, eh, first of all, the death certificate says he died of a fatal arrhythmia. Guess what? Everybody dies of a fatal arrhythmia. When your heart quits beating, that's a fatal freaking arrhythmia. So ultimately, yeah. that's the cause of death for everyone. His just happens to have been caused at the hands of another person. Yeah, right. and Which so, is what it said. So yeah. just to, like to clarify, like what it said in the in, in the court documents was that George Floyd had an artery that was 90 percent blocked, uh, that he had cancer, that he had heart disease, that he was on uh, fentanyl, which does slow down your breathing. But then they said he died from uh, asphyxiation. Like they did say it had all of that stuff, but he died from asphyxiation. Yep. And some people people who think that Derek Chauvin did nothing wrong. The people who wanted Minnesota to burn, um, they, um, the people who think that Derek Chauvin did nothing wrong, they were saying, no, he died from all of these other things. Well, no, that's, yeah, that's 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 that, patently that's false. Not what, that is not what ultimately <clears throat> killed him. Would it have killed him in the future? Yeah. Would it have killed him an hour down the road? We have no way of knowing that. The biggest issue that I saw with the entire thing was not that. Derek Chauvin putting his knee on the back of his neck for nine minutes and 23 seconds or 29 seconds or whatever it is. The issue that I saw with that was he had stopped breathing and moving for 90 seconds before Derek Chauvin took the knee off and they still didn't offer him mouth to mouth, any sort of life saving yep, yep. Uh, uh, resuscitation, anything like that. If you had stopped 90 seconds beforehand and started giving him basic first aid, then he might be here and we wouldn't be doing any of this. And he, maybe he wouldn't be here because maybe all, everybody that's on the other side is right. And the drugs and the heart disease and the cancer and everything else mm -hmm. would have killed him. But we would not be here right now if you would have removed your knee 90 seconds before and given him mouth to mouth or chest compressions. Yeah. And, and I think one of the so so. Eventually, I think that one or more of the jurors on this case will uh, uh, come forward and interview on television or something. Yeah. Um, absent that, all we can do is speculate to what they were talking about and what they were thinking about and what they were feeling in the jury room. One thing that I think was a 
game changer. Like this, this was the deal breaker for Chauvin. In the video, at about five minutes into the incident, they check for a pulse, give or give or take five minutes. They check for a pulse. One of the officers tells Chauvin, I can't find a pulse. And his reaction is, huh, that's it. Like literally, he just goes, yeah. huh. And that's the end of it. And then continues to kneel on the man's back and neck for about four and a half minutes. Yeah. That's not going to go the way you think it is when a jury takes the case, man. It's just not yeah. going to go the way you think it is. Yeah, you know, that's that's someone trying to fin- finish someone off. It's very possible yeah. that if he hadn't had cancer and heart problems and had been on fentanyl, that it would have taken longer to kill him. And it looks like <sighs> Derek Chauvin would have just taken as long as it took to kill him. Oh, he was in it to win it, man. Like just the callousness on his face and the lack of concern yep. or care for another existing, existing being in the world. He, if it had taken half an hour, he would have taken half an hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if he couldn't do it there, he would have done it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, sure. So for anybody who's a football fan, the, the Las Vegas Raiders did a tweet that they definitely I'm just getting this now they definitely meant this in a good way but man it does not play well uh, they tweeted out today I can breathe for 2021 wow oh god yeah and I, I think I understand what they're going for there but that does not play well at Mm-mm. all oh my god and this folks and this folks is why there is now an unemployed social media manager running around yeah someone for a job someone that is why nfl team should not comment or any sports team should comment that's probably also true certainly not with that now speaking of cringeworthy quotes uh nancy pelosi uh thanked george floyd for his sacrifice for justice and as i noted in my social in my tweet response to that uh Derek, uh, uh, George Floyd didn't sacrifice his life. He was murdered. Justice would be if he hadn't been murdered. And also, why are you creating martyrs out of the victims of the police state that you helped to create and foster? What the hell? <laughs> That's thanks, so- George. <laughs> oh my God! Like, I, I I tend to presume that people know what words mean unless they're grossly using them incorrectly. And Nancy Pelosi grossly incorrectly used the word sacrifice. There was nothing willing about what Mr. Floyd did. She thanked him. She thanked thank you, George. So so which was worse? Nancy Pelosi thanking George Floyd for his sacrifice for justice or or Donald Trump saying I think George Floyd would be happy with the jobs numbers. <laughs> oh God, I forgot about that. You know what? You know what? Um, I'm gonna say Donald Trump's would be way worse because at least Nancy Pelosi was trying. Like, like I get the intent I of what she was trying that. to say. Like, she was trying to say something comforting to the family and uplifting to people and Ish, and recognizing yeah. what happened and the tragedy that it was. Donald Trump, on the other hand, was just trying to politicize some shit for his own. I, don't get me wrong. Nancy Pelosi is also politicizing shit for her own game and game. Right, right, right. But Donald Trump didn't even put window dressing on it. He said, fuck it. I'm the just jobs numbers. 
Yeah, George I, Floyd would have been yeah. thrilled about I'm the black kind of unemployment rate. I'm happy about the fantastic job numbers that we have in this country. <laughs> I forgot about that. Don't do that. that. It's really creepy. It's too good. It's, <laughs> it's creepy as shit, Matt. <laughs> God, I was going to say, leave it to a Democrat to make a garbage take on something like this, but I totally forgot about Donald Trump. Of course, some people say Trump's a Democrat, but... Um, he was a Democrat forever. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> let's... So, Matt, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to hear this, uh, but I will... I'm going to play it for everyone else you know what oh it says. i can't huh he knows what it says we we've oh, okay it. all right so i'm gonna play this thing that speaking of just dumb shit that people are saying um here's what maxine waters had to say uh about about everything that's going on here we're gonna play this now here we go I am very hopeful, and I hope uh, that we're going to get a verdict that is say guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we, got, we cannot go away. And not just manslaughter, right? I mean... Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is, this is guilty. For murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. Congresswoman, what happens if we do not go get what you just told? What should the people do? What should protesters on the street do? I didn't hear you. What happens? What should protesters do? Well, we, we got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they they know that we mean business. So it was. Uh, she basically said, if the uh, if the guilty verdict did not come back, that uh, and she said a few things there. Uh, but the the main sticking point there is, she said we need to get more confrontational. But she didn't say with whom. And the judge in the uh, in the uh, Chauvin case actually. Go ahead. She. So I put the quote in here because I figured there was a chance I wasn't going to be able. To. <laughs> Um, and she said, we got to stay on the street and we got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they know that we mean business. Um, the judge, Judge Peter Cahill, who had the Bane mask throughout the entire trial. <laughs> that was pretty epic. The darkness. Um, <laughs> You're just tourists. <laughs> You're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. Um, he uh, said yesterday, uh, before he hand, or right after he handed the trial over to the jury and the defense asked for a mistrial, uh, he said, I will give you that Congressman Waters something on... I will give you that Congressman Waters something on appeal that may result in this whole trial being overturned. Uh, I'm aware of the media reports and I'm aware Congressman Waters was talking specifically about this trial and about the unacceptability of anything less than a murder conviction. I wish elected officials would stop talking about this case, especially in a manner that is disrespectful of the rule of law and to the judicial branch and our function, to which Joe Biden responded by saying, I think it's pretty obvious that, um, what were we talking about? Was that you really skipping a beat, or were you mocking Joe Biden? Because I was mocking funny. Joe. I, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Go, yeah, I was worried for a second. I'm like, <laughs> what were we talking about? No, Joe Biden <laughs> said uh, that this – I didn't put it in the notes because I saw it this morning. Um, but um, he said this case is pretty obvious, and I hope – I, I pray that it goes the right way. And 
uh, Jen Psaki got just demolished in the press corps today from them saying, shouldn't he not be making these comments while the jury is out? Well, well, so listen, um, what what Judge Cahill was talking about, it's a, it's a legitimate complaint that judges often have. And um, Judge Cahill, I did a little digging and research on this um, this evening after you and I talked. He has quite the history and quite the reputation for calling out politicians for getting unduly involved in uh, um, uh, judicial proceedings. And and so so it's not unfounded. Right. Um, in, in, In our form of government, in our Republican form of government, we're supposed to have three co-equal branches of government. And just like the judicial branch isn't supposed to inf- interfere with legislation or executive, neither are the legislative or executive branches supposed to interfere interfere with the judicial branch. And conceivably, the defense might have pretty solid grounds for an appeal um, on, the, uh, on the theory that Maxine Waters and Joe Biden's statements are could be viewed as jury tampering and the fact that the defense counsel asked repeatedly throughout the trial to have the jury sequestered um unfortunately uh i don't think it's going to hold a lot of water in the appellate court because sequestering a jury these days is a huge deal and courts are very hesitant to do it um for for anybody that doesn't know if you're on a jury and you get sequestered that means you don't go home at night you're staying in a hotel they take away your access to cable television and broadcast television they take away your cell phone like you are literally living in the in the the dark ages so to speak and if sequestering juries was a common occurrence Seating juries would be ex- exceptionally difficult. We, we wouldn't be able to proceed with hardly any criminal trials that require a jury because nobody wants to be cut off from their families that much. I mean, already yeah. it's a huge inconvenience and a disruption in a juror's life to walk away from their jobs for, like in this case, four weeks. Think about the OJ trial. That was 11 fucking months, right? Who's going to, if that was happening right now, who's going to give up going home to their wife and kids, walking away from their job and turning in their cell phone for 11 months for what, $25 a day or whatever pittance they throw at jurors? Yeah. Yeah. No. So it's, it's actually really common for judges to refuse to sequester juries these days. How long? So do you, you may remember, uh, how long was Rodney King trial? Oh, God. Uh, I don't think it was more than a month and a half or two months. I don't yeah, remember exactly, but it wasn't say, super I long. Like, I feel like it was longer than this one, but it was definitely shorter than it was definitely shorter than the OJ trial. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's, I'm looking. It's the I'm, same I'm, thing. I'm actually what? what oh, go ahead, Spike. I'm sorry. No, I'm looking it up. I'm looking up. You can keep talking. I'm looking up my I'm looking up when it was actually how long the trial was. Yeah, and I actually think the jury was sequestered for that entire trial. I, I think they were. I, th- yeah. I think they were for that one, and I think they were, were, they were for the OJ one too, as I believe. Mm-hmm. But but the thing with this trial is that, um, so the defense, the 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 appellate attorneys that he hires 
are going to argue in the appellate court that this prejudiced the jury and prevented from prevented uh, Derek Chauvin from having a fair trial by his peers. The issue that the court is going to have, the appellate court is going to have to take into consideration when they address this is that. Um, so so first of all, juries, jurors. Surprisingly, Americans are jackasses in general. We're all jackasses. I love it. I embrace my jackassery. It's my thing, right? But but when it comes to things like jury trials for criminal cases, they take it really seriously. Like jurors aren't frivolous about that. The, the weight of potentially taking away someone's basic human liberties weighs on them pretty heavily. And they consider that as, as, a, as a, a huge counterweight to the evidence that they're having to deal with and digest. In, in this case, it is absolutely um, unavoidable that those jurors are also going to have at the back of their mind, even though the judge probably instructed them at some point not to think about it, but at the back of their minds, they're thinking about if we return an acquittal or a not guilty verdict, hung jury even, every major city in America is on fire again today right. and for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a that's a um, what, what we call a public policy consideration in, in the legal field. And it's something that comes into play with every decision. Right. And is and, there, but is there's not really any way to avoid that though with something like this? No, certainly not. And and Matt and I were talking about this on the phone earlier. Even you know at the beginning of the trial, the the defense asked for the trial to be moved. What's the point? There is nowhere in the world you could take this trial and not have the same exposure and publicity. I mean, I mean, there's murals of George Floyd in Pakistan for Christ's sake. Where are you going to take yeah. this trial that people don't know what's going on? Yeah. And thankfully, in the case of this trial, I mean, all of the facts are on the side of conviction. It, you know, it, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, the drugs in his system uh, did not appear to be such that he was at an immediate danger. Uh, the coroner's report said the reason he was killed was because of um, was because of Derek Chauvin uh, asphyxiating him. Um like you said, even if he was in the midst of dying, Derek Chauvin putting delivering the coup de gras is now you're now committing homicide. Um, and uh, there was no threat to him. George Floyd was in handcuffs and compliant and he casually killed him over a long period of time, stayed on him for several minutes after they you know, had established that they couldn't find a, a pulse. This was someone trying to finish someone off and he was found guilty for it. I mean, that's that's why if he was found not guilty, cities would burn uh, for the same reason yeah. that cities burned so, after Rodney King's, you know, uh, abusers were, were found not guilty when we had video of them doing it. Right. And I'll, like, so I'm even going to disagree that George, like George Floyd was not as compliant as we wanted to believe he was like he did he did argue he did fight he was put in the cop car initially and then he said can i get out because i can't breathe and i feel claustrophobic and then right, when he got right, right. kicked him and that's why he was on the ground now that being said putting your knee on the back of his neck uh, on his neck on in his back for that long 
completely unnecessary, even yep. though they had the forensic pathologist or whatever that guy was in force uh, say that it was uh, completely acceptable for a police officer to do. Right. The issue that you have is once he stops moving, the moment he stops moving, breathing, and you can't find a pulse, you need to give him CPR or chest compressions or, I don't know, medical stuff, and that is really showing at this moment. But you need to do what you can to make sure he does not die on the street underneath you because yep. at that moment, it does not matter what drugs are in his system. You are the cause of that death. You're the cause of his death. Yeah. 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 And, and, yeah. What, what it is is that, is that Derek Chauvin stepped into the chain of causal events. Like, he stepped into the causal chain – and and that supersedes everything that happened before. That supersedes the drug use. It supersedes any heart issue, any artery blockage. It supersedes any of that. We call that in, in the legal field. They call that the but for cause. Right. And I always I always make the stupid joke because I think it's fucking hilarious because I quit emotionally maturing about the same time I got my first erection. I say but for cause. What's a but for? Well, it's for pooping. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that doesn't fly so well in law school. The way that I heard the but-for clause uh, explained to me uh, recently, uh, I think it was actually today while I was listening to something, but um, if I held a gun and if I pulled a gun on you and you jumped back and you got hit by – if you got hit by a bus, the bus is what killed you, not me, but I am the reason that you jumped back. Uh, uh, yes, yes, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. You are the but for cause of my death in that case. And in which case I would be responsible for it. So even though he had the drugs in the system, he may not have died had he not been pinned down to the ground with the knee on the back of the neck. That's exactly correct. Right. What, yeah. what, what yeah. I think and, is and really also interesting, to, to, and I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on this. Um, so, so what's interesting to me is that we now have a case where a police officer was convicted uh, of uh, convicted for killing a man while on duty by a jury rather than by a bench trial with a judge rendering a conviction. And I, 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 I don't know what this is going to do to policing in America in the future. I have high hopes, though, because now police officers will look at this. In theory, they will look at this and say, um, instead of uh, any other shit going on around it, this was the American people saying, we're tired of your shit and we're not going to take it anymore. And this is what power we have. We're going to use it and punish you for what you do. So, right. I, I mean, I'd like to hear what you guys think about this. Like, is there going to be sweeping reforms and cultural changes in American law enforcement after this or no? So, uh, no, I think I, I'm seeing in the comments on my post what's going to happen culturally is that the bootlickers and the boots that they're licking are going to double and triple down. Uh, I think it's going to be politicians that are going to um, that are going to potentially make change uh, for no other reason than it's popular right now. Um, it's going to be fun to watch the same politicians who created the police state pretend that they're going to dismantle it. It's going to come up with Biden. a bunch of garbage that have yeah Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and, and Nancy Pelosi and, and Maxine Waters and the rest of them um, are are going to introduce stuff to. I think the big push is going to be they need more money for training because someone apparently. 
apparently needs training to not commit murder. Uh, uh, you know, that's, that's a problem. The difference between a gun and a taser. Yeah, training to know the difference between a gun and a taser and, and know the difference between uh, arresting someone. By the way, I just want to make it clear. I, when I was saying compliant, I meant in the moment that he's, that he's on top of him, George Floyd wasn't fighting back. This oh, wasn't, that's, that's you know, where they were in the midst of a struggle and he dies during the struggle. This was, I, I would, I would argue that, that, that compliance doesn't even really matter, to be quite honest. Um, right. The, the, the issue that Derek Chauvin should have been addressing in the moment is threat or not a threat, not compliance or non-compliance. That's, that's, where, that's where I would differ with what a lot of people are saying about this. When they bring in the whole compliance thing, I'm like, that doesn't even really fucking matter. The, the dude's cuffed. Where's he going to go? Like, first of all, you can't fight in handcuffs. You can't run in handcuffs. Like, like who cares if he's compliant or not? Put, let, him, let him sit in the back of the car or stand on the street corner and throw his tantrum till he's tired and take him in, right? Doesn't right. matter if he's compliant. But he was not a threat. He was absolutely zero threat to anyone at the point that he was cuffed. Yeah, so, exactly. And that's that's back, the back that's to, why he's going to probably go to jail for quite some time. Right. So back to your question on uh, what I think is going to happen. So the law enforcement lobby, the law enforcement officers lobby is the second largest lobby in the nation. I see very minimal changes happening. Like, and I kind of agree with what uh, Spike was saying, where he said, you know, it's going to be more money for more training, and they're just going to use it to funnel more money into these police departments. Um, you're not really going to see much of a change. You're not going to see uh, the end of qualified immunity over this. You're not going to see uh, uh, personal responsibility from the police. You're going to see them saying, well, we need more training. We need to. We need to get more money. We need to be able to hire more cops who believe that they're going to be able to go out and do do the job that is necessary without ending up in prison. Um, and I can see actually having more uh, protections for police coming from this over over uh, any sort of reform that you or anybody watching this would probably hope. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I totally... I, I totally see that in the pipeline. And the the question that I would ask, I guess, for anybody that's considering the whole idea of more training for police officers to prevent events like this in the future from happening. What kind of training do you think you can implement to make a human being understand the sanctity of human life? Like, like at the at the point at the point that a thirty or forty year old police officer doesn't respect the sanctity of human life, he's already a broken, flawed person. There's no training that's going to fix that. And and yeah, it's gonna it's gonna fall under the same thing. Like, do you really need to teach people not to kill? Do you need to teach people not to rape? No, you don't. Like, you know that it's wrong. You yeah, my my question. Go go ahead, Matt. Uh, you have to, you absolutely know that it's wrong to kill, to rape, to steal, to do all of these things. You know, you know that it is wrong. Um, but you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, you you are going to do it, and you should be punished. The question is whether or not they will start punishing the police officers who do these things or not. And I don't think that we're gonna see any change there in in the near future. Yeah, I, I also. 
to those who are at, yeah i don't i don't think there's gonna there, there seem to be some cities and states that are ending qualified immune or ending um no knock raids which is good ending qualified immunity which is good um yeah, I, I don't see a, a major sea change happening with Republicans in charge. Um, but I will I will say this, you know, for the people that are saying oh, they need more training, how much training do you need to not murder someone who's already cuffed? <laughs> how much training do you need? You know, think of all the other things that we talk about, you know, cops that, uh, you know, uh, arrest sex workers and then tell them that they're they won't charge them if they if they give them, you know, some kind of sexual favor or, you know, they, they rape people or they kill someone who is doing these things name one of those things and then tell me how much training you need so that you don't do it the reason you don't do it besides the fact that you're not a piece of garbage is also that even even if in a moment you thought about doing something like this in anger you knew that you wouldn't because you'd be held accountable for it so that's what needs to happen this was good it was good that he was found guilty um and it is good that he's being held accountable for it but the reason that this happened is because police departments have a culture of unaccountability that is being fostered by qualified immunity for them for absolute immunity for politicians and judges and attorneys and for sovereign immunity for governments when you get rid of the immunity and make it where they can be held responsible long before something like this happens for something far smaller where it just results in a lawsuit then it creates a culture of accountability for no other reason than they just don't want to get sued out of existence and now you can actually see some real change happen uh, as long as there's not accountability this is going to happen and no amount of money for funding to give to the police state to teach them not to do stuff that we all inherently know not to do since we're children is not going to change that yeah and 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 just to piggyback piggyback off of that like you know i was in the army for 20 years in a combat arms job i went to iraq three times and afghanistan once um people in the military are held to a much higher standard than american police when it comes to use of lethal force when it comes to the use of deadly force like you go to a place where you know there are countless people who want you to not be alive anymore you're held to a higher standard than police in america who have like in spite of all the fucking rhetoric not the most dangerous job that exists well down on the list like that's mind-blowing that's just completely insane there's a, a complete and total lack of accountability yeah it's it's yeah. a um it is uh it is very interesting to watch it's also kind of disheartening to see so many people even those who consider themselves uh key turn they were consider themselves libertarians that you know when it is time to actually hold someone in government accountable here comes every excuse in the books especially unfortunately if they're black uh and uh and if they don't have a a pristine criminal record that suddenly makes it okay um I to do that so- to them Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. But I, I yeah, go ahead. To to piggyback on what you're saying, I compare it a lot to uh, like the lieutenant, uh, the army lieutenant that was pulled over and the cops pepper sprayed him. Yes. Um, you saw so many people who are out there talking about Second Amendment rights. You know, we we have the Second Amendment right. You know, shall not be infringed. But when this was happening to this lieutenant, to this second lieutenant in the United States Army, which should not matter that he's a lieutenant, but yep. we're gonna throw it in there because these people also typically believe that the military is good and that you know we need to throw money into the military and anybody in the military deserves our respect they were quickly on they jumped on the bandwagon of but he had a loaded gun in the car well 
okay, he was in Virginia. He was a second lieutenant, which again doesn't matter. And also, it doesn't matter. The Second Amendment shall not be infringed. So well, I, 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 I got a question. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed unless you get pulled over for your license plate being in your windshield and not on the back of your car, and the police decide to point their firearms at you and threaten to uh, hurt you if you don't get out of the car, and then they hurt you and, and pull you out of the car and put you to the ground. But other than that, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed unless the police use he had a gun as an excuse to brutalize you when you weren't doing anything wrong. Also, I'm a libertarian. I, I, I got a question that hopefully one of you guys can answer. I don't know. Every bootlicking jack wagon that says that around me, I always ask him, well, what the fuck is the point of having an unloaded gun? Like, I got a yep. gun out of my truck right now. The motherfucker's got bullets in it for a fucking reason, right? Like, what's the point of an unloaded gun? Exactly. Pistol whipping? I don't know. Like, <laughs> fucking paperweight? Decorative? I, I don't get it. So Eminem can one time put a line in a song that says... The best thing I did was not put bullets in that gun or whatever that lyric is. I remember. Here's here's the gun I got close to me right now. It's just a fucking Mossberg 500 shotgun. I got one in every room of the house where I can reasonably grab it where I might be standing. And, and yeah. with that, YouTube demonetized us. Um, <laughs> oh, it's going to get worse. Wait a second. Wait a second. Oh, hold on. This one's just a little 22 rifle I shoot I shoot the coyotes and foxes with. Also right here. <laughs> and think, now we've been banned from what, YouTube. What room am I in? Yeah, those are the only guns I have out in this room. Just those two. Ben Bourne so, said, okay, don't fuck with Hicks. And yeah, that's accurate. Don't. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> definitely do not. Definitely leave him alone. <sighs> And they're all loaded because what's the fucking point if they're not? Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. So, well, Matt, thank you so much for, thanks so much for coming on the show and kind of breaking down the, uh, breaking down the, uh, the, the situation of what's going on there. And uh, we will uh, talk to you soon the next time that you put something on the uh, Chris Reynolds call in line. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And the next time I expect you guys to be wearing kick-ass top hats. Probably, might, probably will not be. But bowler, but you're not getting the top hat. At best, <laughs> I'm going to wear a toboggan. But Matt, thank you so much, man. We love you. Have a great night, and thank you so much. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Love you, buddy. So, oh God, why does it keep cutting you off? Anyway, um, it's time to cut you off. Oh no, it's back. Now it's back. Oh, hey. There we are. So, folks, uh, we are actually Jared, now going to be thank going. Thanks for remonetizing us. Oh, th- oh, wow. Jared, thank you so much, man. That means a lot to us. And uh, yeah, folks, uh, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. Uh, if you're still feeling like uh, hanging out, uh, go join us over on Post Political Podcast uh, on uh, Facebook, YouTube or Twitter um, and uh, go hang out with us there. And uh, and uh, we're going to be doing that right after we get off of this. And um, what else? OK, so join me tomorrow night. Uh, my guest will be on my fellow Americans. My guest will be Eric Peterson. He is an expert in all things related to net neutrality. And we'll be talking about some of the proposed net neutrality stuff that's happening at both the federal and state level and why it's really bad. And then you've got a guest on Thursday, don't you, Matt? Yes. On the uh, writer's block on Thursday, I have Jay Nygaard. Jay Nygaard is going to be coming on. Um, He is going to be talking to me about advocating for rights and civil disobedience in regard to going green. 
Awesome. Awesome. And then we will be. And yeah, his father was actually arrested for installing a windmill on their property. Yeah. So that's he put a windmill in his backyard and he got arrested. He got arrested for putting something on his property to generate electricity. Interesting. So uh, also, and then join me this weekend. If you live anywhere near Eau Claire, Wisconsin, uh, you can join me. I will be at the Libertarian Party of Wisconsin's uh, annual uh, convention, and I will be there speaking and going to be all sorts of great libertarian people there. As always, I will be doing Q&A as well as uh, speaking there on uh, on a panel. And also, I think I'll have my own speech that I'm giving as well. But I, I anyone who comes to these conventions, I am ever present. I'm there for everything pretty much and uh, hope to see you there. And then join us right back here next week for another fantabulous episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. Matt, if someone were looking for us, what? No. Wait, 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 wait. We, ha- we, we, we have a change next week. Oh, yes. Join us next week on Tuesday. I have a special guest uh, who is going to talk with us about this. Um, he's going to talk with me on uh, on Tuesday. I'm going to be doing my episode of uh, My Fellow Americans, and I'll be telling you shortly why that is. But uh, next week, um, the guest will be here. The guest will be. Why is that not there? Oh, because I don't he have the put problem. it in there. Ah, anyway, uh, I don't have his name in front of me, but he actually was one of the uh, um, one of the expert witnesses in the Derek Chauvin case. And uh, he is also a law professor, a former police officer, and he will be talking with me about uh, issues of police brutality and and where we move forward from here uh, and the facts of this case and so forth. So that'll be a great, uh, a great um, uh, episode next week. And then next Wednesday, the reason that we're flipping it around is because on a very special Wednesday episode, of the Muddy Waters of Freedom, we will be live streaming Joe Biden's first State of the Union. You know the rest. I don't know if they're they're not even calling. They're just saying that he's addressing Congress like they aren't even saying it's the State of the Union. They are just wow. saying Joe Biden addresses Congress. And I'm, I am so interested to see how this is going to go. Uh, wow. But we may come up with a couple of fun games to play uh, throughout the course of that. So uh, be on the lookout for that this week. Yes. Now, they won't be drinking games because you might die. Uh, if we say drink, if Joe Biden does something, depending on what it is, it's pretty much an instant death if you are uh, if you're playing by the rules. Um, I may put together a designated survivor bingo card and just everybody in the line of designated survivor. And if you see him at the thing, you just mark them off. And if you get everybody but one, you know who the designated survivor is. <laughs> Wow, that's probably Kamala Harris. Um, So. No, she's got to be there, right? If she's not. Well, then, you know, immediately who it is. Then you immediately know. If she's not sitting right here over his shoulder. Yeah. Which who knows? Um, We will see. But uh, Matt, if someone were to try to find us on the Internet, is that even possible? And if so, how? It would be possible. Oh, wow. Stuff flew right on out the end of that. Uh, that would be possible. In fact, uh, if you were to head over to anchor.fm slash my. Yes. You can find all of our audio there. Yes. And you can listen to it. You can listen to the sweet, sultry, yes. sorry, love you sounds of our voices. <laughs> Give us money. You can also donate to us and leave us 
messages that we will play live on the air and we will answer your questions money 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 give us money and since i have that pulled up right now oh wait no i don't have that pulled up right now oh no please pull I it up but i can I drag your pull for a little bit longer and okay. let you all know that we love all of you equally but we just love some of you more equally yes and the list of people that we, we love the names more wow. equally wow it's Justin Mickelson. Hey, Justin Mickelson. Thanks, buddy. Hey, uh, man. Justin Mickelson. Jack Casey, who is the author of such books as The Royal Green and the sequel In Silver Throned. And soon Zachary coming out Martin. soon. Soon and he's Josh. coming out with Crowned by Gold. He's coming out soon. This summer. And Joshua Salmon Levin McCoves. Yes. And the evil who enjoyed the holiday today. And Sean. <laughs> Sean. Dead Joke King Sparkman. And James E. Lee. And Daniel Faust. And Jennifer Morrison. And Jack Casey again. Who has a book coming out called Crown of Gold. And Andrea that's O'Donnell. That's second book. And Kenneth Evil again. Kenneth Evil again. Kenneth Evil and Jack Casey are donating to us twice. And I don't know if I want to tell them that. I don't know if they know that. And Meg Jones. And Billy Pierce for Texas. Billy Pierce for Texas, everybody. And Pierce for Texas. And you can find this in every episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. Well, that settles it. That's where I'm going after this. But, folks, come join us over for a little bit at a Post Political Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for the 420 takeover of Post Political. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. We will see you tomorrow night. And where we're going, we don't need roads.